0: the got
1: here just in the nick of time! What does that make us? Big damn heroes, sir! Ain't we just! What is that called? That's an alien, bruv! Believe it! And i landed in the wrong place, though, you get <laughs> the wrong place! <laughs> Welcome to London, Mo motherf- <laughs> Oh, oh,
0: oh! And by the way, Y O U apostrophe R E means you are. Y O U R means you're. <laughs> you know, I can't believe I even thought! of getting back together with you. We are so over.
2: Uh, 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 uh,
0: Fine by me!
2: (laughs) Oh, oh, and hey, 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 hey! Those little spelling tips will come in handy when you're at home on Saturday nights playing Scrabble with Monica. Hey! Sorry. (laughs) I just feel bad about all that sleep you're gonna miss wishing you were with me. Oh, no, no, don't you worry about me
0: falling asleep. I still have your letter!
2: (laughs) And hey, just so you know, it's not that common. It doesn't happen to every guy, and it is a big deal. I knew
1: it. <laughs>
0: Hello and welcome to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance Roller 4.4 FM, the film and TV radio show where a handful of film enthusiasts shoot the breeze about all things film and television. I'm Marcus E.
1: Ako and I am kind of excited about the Friends reunion. Hi, I'm producer Dave. I'm interested about the the reunion, but uh, well, it's been a long time since they've actually um, been on screen. And well, that's the thing It's it's uh, they're all, all of them in very, very in like small bits have been in different
0: things that haven't obviously um, none of them have done anything that has really taken off as much as Friends has. Now, anybody who has lived under a rock and has no idea what we're talking about when, we come to, when we're talking about Friends, Friends was a TV show that ran from, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the um, early 90s, it went from like 93, 94, all the way to 2002. I believe the final episode was in 2002. I liked it, I really liked it. A lot of um, young people are watching it these days and targeting things that are not uh, appropriate anymore. Fair enough, yes, there's all that argument to be had, but we'll move that to one side. Um, But yeah, so I liked it. It had uh, actors such as Matt LeBlanc, uh, um, oh, David Schwimmer, Rachel Aniston, no, no, Rachel Aniston, Aniston, Jennifer Aniston. Yes. Um, Courtney Cox and um, oh uh, I, I keep mistaking them for their for their character names uh, Matthew Perry and the last one Lisa Kudrow oof nailed it so um all of those people they played Ross Rachel Monica Chandler Phoebe and Joey I
1: yeah. really really enjoyed the show don't forget it uh, made start in uh, well film stars of all of them uh, of Jennifer all of them, Anderson yes. became um, Mrs. Brad Pitt for a while as well as a result of that and uh, yeah it was uh, it was a big thing
0: it, yeah it, it, absolutely it was a big thing um, they all went I think I think Jennifer Aniston was the only one that really had a bigish film career um, Courtney Cox kind of was successful with the Scream movies but again I mean she wasn't leading the Scream movies. Um, So she wasn't really a headliner. Lisa Kudrow went more for the indie um, darlings, uh, you know, indie films. Uh, What's his name? Matt LeBlanc tried a couple of TV films or a couple of films and then just he got so rich. He just lived. I think he retired at one point and then got dragged back into it. But he did a show I really, really love called um, Episodes. Uh, It was uh, a British um, TV thing, wasn't it? It, it it was it is a British TV thing, but it's kind of set in Los Angeles, so I think that's where they went to go shoot it. A mixture of British actors and and American actors. Uh, it is about this uh, this couple who um, make it big in British TV with a particular TV show, and it gets acquired by uh, an American studio. So they bring them over, and they think, oh, they're just going to remake it in America, and it's going to be great. And they they hire. Matt LeBlanc and he plays himself right he plays himself as the main character of the tv show which is completely against the main the the um the, the writers uh, uh you know the writer's vision of who they want to play it and so on and it's just it's a really great show um so uh, I guess obviously it's hyper realistic if you will but a lot of people have said it's actually quite accurate of what um tv studio life is like as in, like being in the, the TV industry. Um, so I really, really enjoyed it. So um, that was one thing from him. I know Rush, i the Ross, um, um, David Dave Schrimmer. Schrimmer. He, yeah, Dave Schwimmer. He's currently on uh, TV at the moment with a, a show called Intelligence. I believe, it, I believe it's called Intelligence. I may be mistaken. It's a British TV show. It's on Sky where he plays a, an American CIA agent who comes to join the British MI5, I believe. It's a comedy. Because he's a is they, they essentially the CIA are trying to get rid of him, so they send him to come and join the British, and that's what it is. It's 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 funny. It it
1: is funny. Uh, I think Sky. most people will see him in the adverts on TV. For
0: some yes. yes, he's been seeing. He's been doing some adverts recently, right? Recently, right? So, I mean, all of that is just to say, after like you know, from the show got um, closed or finished off in two thousand and two at the very latest, and what are we in? We're approaching twenty twenty two, so. 20 years later they do a reunion um, but I, I don't think it's a reunion episode as in the characters come together I've seen the trailer for it and I think it's more a case of um, I, I think it's uh, what's the name James Corden is just interviewing them and they come together and they as you know the actors are coming and reminiscing on how you know, how it was doing the episode. I think they bring a few special guests to come on and so on. The trailer's on on um, YouTube and on IMDb, so you can check it out to see exactly what kind of feel it is. I I, I caught the trailer and I was like, oh, it's nice. You sit back and you can reminisce, right, and catch some of the episodes and, and whatnot. But it, it's, still, it's, it's still a show that I still watch every now and again when it's on. And I still laugh at it. I think it's still funny. Um, even as inappropriate as a lot of the things that pop up that they keep talking about are. I still laugh at the show. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's funny. I think they did very well. I don't know if they'll do anything as big as what they did back then, but hey, that's not what it's about, right? It's about reminiscing and uh, remembering uh, a
1: TV show that you really enjoyed, but you said you're not really that much into it. I never said I'm not that much into it. I I did watch it at the time, but uh, I haven't seen it for a long time. I mean, it was, it was repeated on a loop on Channel 4, then on E4, and now it's, I think it's on Netflix or so it's gone to HBO, one of those other channels. So I haven't seen it for a little while, but uh, it, it's okay. I enjoyed it. There were some episodes I really enjoyed. Uh, I, I was, yeah. we were on a break. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's a that's awesome. a
0: reoccurring. Uh, yeah, any any Friends fan or anyone who's even remotely uh, aware of the Friends TV show knows about if we were on a break uh, and a whole bunch of other things in there. But I you don't know. That's that's just me. I want to catch it out. I want to see it um, just to reminisce, and then I'll completely forget about it. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. I'm producer Dave. And we are going to jump into film and TV news in, in a second. Uh, but um, we're, we're in film and TV news, we'll be talking about a whole bunch of stuff, number of films that are coming out uh, that we are looking forward to, You know, surprises that popped up, one in particular. But we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, later on in the spotlight section, We I'm going to be talking to film director as well as film festival director, um, uh, Mark Brennan, who is going to be talking to me about his, uh, his short film festival, which is exit six film festival, I believe I'm getting the name correct, uh, as well as he because he, he's now joined the, the team at genera films, and they basically fund or they provide funding for short films so if you're interested if you have a short film that you would like to get funded you definitely want to tune in or you would definitely listen to our spotlight section which is coming up in a few minutes where i talk to mark brennan who can help you get your short film funded but before all of that stuff let's jump into film and tv news Listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM, I'm Marcus E. Ako. producer Dave. <laughs> he just finished like, producer Dave, you know, like, okay, no, I said, up. I'm producer Dave. But... Oh, okay, <laughs> it came across just as producer Dave. He's like, uh, sorry, <laughs> I'm producer Dave. What, what do you want? What do you want, fool? And then move on to the next thing. <laughs> uh, so this this came across. Um, uh, I opened up um, Twitter earlier today and it just flashed up on my phone. John Boyega said yes to doing Attack the Block 2. Now, those of you who don't know what Attack the Block is, which, uh, well, I guess it it was a big film. It it was pretty much um, John Boyega's um, debut, right? His feature film debut. John Boyega, you recognize him from the new Star Wars films as uh, Finn. He's also in the Small Axe series. One of the, um, I I think it's the thin blue line, if I'm not mistaken. He's coming back uh, for the sequel, Attack the Block. Attack the Block. Uh, written, directed by Joe Cornish. Um, it was a, It was set in London. It's a 2011, and it's set in uh, South, South London, where aliens land, or these alien creatures land in uh, an estate in South London. And these kids, these boys, these young boys, are basically the the last line of defense from these little these these not these little these big ferocious alien creatures that land. It is. I mean, it's like, I saw the advert for Attack the Block and I knew about Joe Cornish from the stuff that he's done. He, he uh, um, he, He was part of a double act with Adam. I think it was Adam and Joe. They were a double act. They talked about films a lot. And then he went and wrote a number of stuff with Edgar Wright and so on and so forth. And I really liked his stuff. And then he was doing this as his debut feature film, right, where he was directing it. And... I saw the advert and I saw the kids in it or the, the young boys in it. And I I always, all the time back then, whenever I'd hear the South London accent, sometimes it's like, not a South London accent. The accent is not the issue that I had. I don't know what I had a problem with it, but every time I saw it on film, it grated. It just made the back of my hair stand up. But I said, I was gonna go watch it. Just go check it out. And I checked it out and boy, I was blown away. I, lit- I was sitting there. I was like, "This guy, the guy that is playing this lead character, I've never seen before, has such presence, such gravitas, even though he's never been in a film before." And I think he's gonna do, he's gonna do wonders. And hey, I I said it to myself. I wish I'd put money down on it. And he became Finn. This is John Boyega. Um, excellent in the role. Have you seen? I- I- I've been rabbiting on for the about the film. Producer Dave, have you seen Attack
1: the Block? Yeah, I saw it when it came out. I I, I really enjoyed it. Uh- I thought I recognized some of the locations as well as it's uh, based in South London. I thought it was a it was an interesting and good film. I liked it, the aliens, which were hairy little beasts with blue teeth. I was hoping it would do better than it did, but it didn't, it lost money, but- uh, it be- Did it lose it, money? I didn't it, know that. It, it didn't make any money at all. Um, it lost money. But in saying that, um, it became a cult film. It was one of those that lost money in the box office as it, when it was released in 2011, I believe. Yes. But over the years, uh, people have been going back and watching it, re-watching it and saying what a good film it was and people have been picking up on it. And I think that's the reason why they've greenlit uh, Attack the Block 2 because it's basically 10 years later, um, 10 or 11 years later that it's going to happen. So some of those people who are in it obviously have, have gone. If you haven't seen the film, you go and watch the film, then you'll understand what I'm talking about but it'd be interesting to see what they come up with and how they actually do attack the block too. I'm looking forward to it anyway.
0: Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm surprised it, it, okay, well, no, surprise is a strong word. Um, I, I can see why it may not have, because I, I mean, started off my review of it by saying how the accents were grating on me at the time, um, but it didn't, it didn't, when I started watching it, I got over that really quickly and if anything, I think now I'm very used to the accent as well. Um, I, I, I know why it was grating on me is because it reminded me of, it reminded me of when I first came to the country and I was I was bullied by my friends who had that accent. So every time I hear the accent, it, in the back of my mind is like, it's it's, it's you again. But I've gotten over. I've, I'm I'm now a well recovered, um, well slightly well recovered human being. So that's why it doesn't bother me as much. But I would say Attack the Block went a long way to making me come to terms with that. Um, but are you you were saying number of people that were in it. Jody Whittaker, who is now um, who's uh, Doctor Who. So yeah. um uh, What's his name? Nick Frost from the for, again you know Stalworth of uh, Edgar Wright. Um, he he was in it as well. A lot of them actually grew up to be, you know grew up grew into the industry and have started taking on more prominent roles. So it will be fun to see those some of those people come back to take on the role. It, Joe Cornish. You can see straight away this is a guy who loves films, right? So you can, when you're watching it, it was just the clash of the South London uh, feel, you know, the, the, the South London life, those people, the estate, you know, the, the, the estate that they were in, the tower blocks that they were in, and then the American film or Hollywood film style of the, you know, the action set pieces. There's one set piece in particular in, in the film, which really sticks with me. And it's a bit where John Boyega's character He's, he's on one end of the hallway and it is, he knows he needs to get from one end of the hallway to the other end of the hallway. And you know, it's crawling with um, with these creatures and you know that it, they're vicious. And he just, he, I think they, if, if I remember correctly, there's smoke and everything that he sets it up to be able to help get across to that area to either rescue someone or get something. And the slow motion, it, 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 you know, that scene is shot in slow motion or it's played in slow motion. And as you see the way he leaps over one bit to next bit, it's pure Hollywood, right? That was the moment I was like, this Joe Connish nailed it in the direction sense. John Boyega nails it as an action hero from that scene. And he was going to do wonders. Now it's been 10 years. Everybody has gotten better in their craft. John Boyega is now. He's actually a producer on the on the on the second film now. So I, I'm very much looking forward to it. I want to see what they do ten years later. Uh, you're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance One Hundred Four Point Four FM. I'm Marcus E. Akko. I'm
1: producer Dave. Another film that's going to be coming out soon is the Aretha Franklin biopic Respect. This was delayed due to the pandemic. It was due. I think it was due to be released a couple of years after the Amazing Grace film which was the concert film that was originally recorded in 1972. And it's gonna star Jennifer Hudson, who I I recently found out was picked by Aretha herself to play her in the biopic. And it's gonna star amongst others, Forrest Whitaker, Marlon Rayons, and um, Mary J. Blige. Uh, They're gonna be in it. So it's due to be released this year uh, in August in the U- US and in September over here, about a month apart. I'm looking very much looking forward to it because I did so much enjoy watching Amazing Grace. I thought that was an amazing film. If you haven't seen it, very much recommend watching Amazing Grace. But I can't wait to see the biopic. Um, yeah, Jennifer Jennifer Hudson is one of those
0: actresses where if you if you're a if you're a black um, singer. You want her to play you in the biopic. Actually, to, to be honest, I mean Aretha Franklin is okay because she's why I say okay, she's amazing. She was amazing, right? She she's a legend. She was a legend. She still is a legend. She's dead now, but she can have the confidence to say, "I want Jennifer Hudson to play me," because you know that Jennifer Hudson will bring it. I mean, Jennifer Austin, Hudson's first film, uh, which was Dream Girl, she won the Oscar for, right? And yeah. so, yeah, I can't think of any other person. Who they would cast to play Aretha Franklin, but Jennifer Hudson. I think she'll do an amazing job with it. I wouldn't be surprised if that's another Oscar that she gets.
1: Well, I, well, I can't wait for it anyway. So you know, we'll we'll see, we'll see. Just a couple of couple of little tiny bits. Um, if you cast your mind back, I was rabbiting on about a Netflix series called Ragnarok, a new take on the Thor legend, set in Denmark in a f- fictional town called Edda. And this uh, young man comes to live in the town and he is revealed to be the new reincarnation of Thor. Now it ran for uh, six to eight episodes. I can't remember exactly. I think it was six episodes. Netflix have just revealed that they're going to drop series two starting next Thursday, the 27th of May. And I'm looking forward to it. Six new episodes where he comes into his power and also other gods come in as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's Ragnarok.
0: Yeah, I remember you talking about it, and I I I know um, that it's it is again. It's one of those things. It's on my list. It's on the good list. It's on the list of things that I want to see, not the list of things that people say uh, you should see. And I'm like, okay, I'll put it on the list. Like, this is us, and uh, and. Uh, um, oh, no, no, I'd I have eventually, I have seen Never Ending Story. So
1: I was, I was
0: kind of, you were going to say Never
1: Ending Story. I was right? going to
0: say Never Ending Story. It was, is my uh, Never Ending Story list. But I did eventually watch Never Ending Story. Shout um, out, Laura. Sorry. Hey, Laura. Happy birthday, Laura. Happy uh, birthday, happy, Laura. Oh, speaking of which, as we're recording this, um, just want to sing happy birthday to uh, producer Dave because it's also producer Dave's birthday. Happy birthday to you.
1: Happy
0: Thank birthday you. to you. Thank you. Happy
1: birthday, producer day. Yeah, I'm
0: going to cut this bit out. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. <laughs> anyway, okay. I did want to watch Ragnarok. I will watch Ragnarok eventually. Now that season two has come out, I can
1: binge watch the 12 episodes. So that's good. There's also a, a, another couple of things. Um, another one from Netflix uh, that I've, I've rabbited on, on about was a short series called Love, Death and Robots. And... That's now dropped. Unfortunately, it's not as ext- the, the, the series length is not as extensive as the previous one, which was like 12 to 18 episodes. This one is only six. But I've been watching them, and yeah, it, the quality is still there. Definitely, definitely, definitely recommend it. See, I've seen I've seen season one. I mm.
0: saw the uh, the the message popped up recently uh, to say season two had dropped, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it. But I, I, my schedule has been way too packed. I've not had the chance to watch it yet. But yes, weekend viewing, second season, love Death and Robots, love yeah. that show.
1: Yeah, brilliant. And the last one, and this is a, a thank you to Far Radio, which is also on Resonance 104.4. They play a the tune from this series on Netflix called Midnight Diner. And it's a Japanese TV, it's a Japanese series that um, Netflix have shown, it's got two series in there. I. Watch watch an episode, and I can thoroughly recommend it. If you want to see another side of Japan, watch Midnight Diamond. It's in Japanese with English subtitles. That should not put you off. But it made me think what a decent job Netflix is doing. Uh, Original series in different countries, not just Europe, like you have with um, all four, but from around the world, you can see series from a, that have been made around the world in one place on Netflix. And it's something that a lot of streaming services aren't doing, it's all English language films that we, we're getting. Only exception to that is all four, which has The Water Presents, which is mostly European films and TV series on there. But you don't get that necessarily with other streaming services and i think well this is a we are in a global atmosphere we are in a global pandemic unfortunately but we're also in a global setting as well and you might as well learn something about another culture so um i would definitely recommend watching midnight diner because um it shows another side of life somewhere else uh i will check it out
0: i'll do my research and i'll see if i want if i can watch it if it's something i want to watch i, I do love to pick up different things from different parts of the world especially um uh, east asia uh, when i get i get into a phase where i guess i start i just binge watch all of that stuff especially korean thrillers uh i want to i want to check that out as well so I'll, I'll get a chance i'll check it out you're listening to shoot the breeze on resonance 104.4 fm i'm marcus e akko
1: i'm producer Dave.
0: And this is Spotlight. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Acho, and I am joined by a, a film director, a film personality that I, uh, I've, I've been following on various uh, social media platforms and recently on Clubhouse as well, uh, giving me the opportunity to network and bring more people into, uh, into the Shoot the Breeze family. Uh, please tell us your name and maybe the, let's start with the film, one of the films that you're most proud of directing uh, that you want to talk about. <laughs>
2: Well, hello, Marcus. Thank you so much for having me uh, on the show. My name is Mark Brennan. I am um, a filmmaker, a film festival director, and also recently operations manager of a new film company called uh, Genera Films. Um, I should rephrase that. They're not a new film company. They've been around since 2017, but I am new <laughs> to That's yeah. the difference. It's, it's um, like you,
0: you've, ju- you've just joined the company and immediately like, no, you've made a mistake. You need to... You're, yeah, you're, already.
2: Sorry, sorry, boss. Sorry, boss, if you're listening. Sorry about that. Um, No, it's new to me. um, But but it's been great. But in in regards to a film that um, I have made that I'm passionate about, I have a short film on the film festival circuit at the moment called Squall, which is a short drama uh, I filmed in the summer of 2019 across three very sleepless nights. Uh, and days as well, and I um, couldn't be prouder of it and all the work that everybody put into it. It's um, a short drama about two strangers who meet in a hotel bar when they're both at very low places in their lives, and they go on to have an evening where they kind of show each other that maybe not everything is quite so terrible, Um, and a a pain shared is a pain lessened, I suppose, and it stars Gary Beadle and Jessica Chamberlain, who are both great, and um, I couldn't be happier with how it turned out.
0: That's excellent. And in fact, that's one of sort of you've you've kind of mentioned in the three different in your intro three different areas that I want to discuss. I want to start with the the short film and then we'll move on to your film festival, um, uh, it, 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 your film festival, Exit, Exit Six Film Festival, correct? that's the badger yeah excellent we'll talk about that then we'll move on to your new role in uh genera films just as long as obviously you still have a job
2: there with them assuming you know, we through. can only hope but yeah exactly yeah
0: so we'll, we'll keep that for the that. we'll keep that for the end so by the time we air this if you if you message me and say uh, you know unfortunately this has happened and as such we can't then we can just cut that bit out at the end no problem um, awesome so right. let's start. Let's start with the short film. Um, you mentioned. I mean, you had Gary Beadle in it. A number of people would recognise him. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Gary Beadle uh, was from. He's a lot of the UK audience would recognise him from EastEnders. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. Yes. Playing uh, Paul Truman for for a number of years. Yes, and um, I saw him recently in uh, in an episode of Small Acts, um, which I, I keep. I always forget the, the name of the episode, but it's the first one. It's about the Jamaican restaurant that is, that uh, in, it has issues with the police and so on and so forth. And he's just such a, he's, he plays a complete, a stark character, a, a, sorry, the opposite character to his character in EastEnders. So it's sort mm-hmm. of, he, you should, if you want to see range in an actor, just look at EastEnders and then look at his, his uh, performance in Small acts. I haven't had the chance to watch uh, your short film yet, plug, hint, hint. Um, If you can sort that out, that would be great. But um, what was it like working with Gary Beadle on this project?
2: Uh, It it was brilliant. I mean, um, I was a big fan of Gary's from when he was on EastEnders. I always remember years ago, uh, his his final episode is one that um, I found incredibly moving, the way his character exited the show. And I remember thinking then, that guy's brilliant. And one day, by hook or by crook, somehow I'm going to, work on something with him because I think he's brilliant didn't know what that thing was going to be but I knew one day I have to I have to work with that guy because I think he's great and then when I wrote Squall um he was the only one I wanted for the part to the point where until I was told no from him I wasn't even thinking about who else might play that part didn't know him had no connection to him just went to his agent and presented the project and and said when we were hoping to do it and and the resources that we had and it would be great if he could take a look and um, see if he'd be interested to, to, to get involved. And I'm very, very lucky to say that, that he did. And it went from there. In terms of working with him, it was, <laughs> it was a whirlwind, a brilliant whirlwind, because we didn't have a chance for anything like a rehearsal before the film shot. So we shot over three nights across a weekend. And I remember I picked Gary up from the train station where we, um, here in Basingstoke where we shot the film. And that was the first time we met. And then it was sort of in the car, the wow, five minutes between okay. the train station to where we were filming, just kind of meet, <laughs> more of a more of a chat about what we see we saw for the character, like going forward. And then we just jumped straight into it, you know, and it was brilliant. He was so full of energy and imagination and offering suggestions for the character and uh, suggestions for for lines that that we could throw in and try different things with, and just a brilliant collaborator. And um, but yeah, overall, I just could not believe how energized he was by the whole thing, and just seemed so happy to be there and work with everybody. So uh, he was he was brilliant, absolute joy.
0: And I, I I know the the same may not necessarily apply for a feature film because obviously you have longer scripts, you have longer you know pages of dialogue, but it's still an immense. Um, a task to have just an entire weekend with no rehearsal, no preparation. As you said, you hadn't even spoke you had, you hadn't even met him. you probably spoke to him uh, before that, but not in any depth for the project for a consummate professional just to show up on set and really have his lines down ready and also bring suggestions. It's great. He's not there just for the paycheck if there was a paycheck for a short film. And then we'll go from there. So it's it's great that you had that experience to be able to go through that. Uh, for other people who are looking to do their own films and who may need to who may be in your position, what kind of advice can you give uh, for for them to follow in order if they want to get someone uh, you, you know like like Gary or like other actors in particular that they want in that particular performance? What kind of advice would you give to them to approach? such actors of such caliber to be able to get them onto their project?
2: Well, the, the only advice I can offer is by doing things the way that I've done them in the past, which is um, when contacting the the agent of an actor is presenting as, as much information as you can about the project itself. So it, it's not just a case of, here's the script, you know, will, will they read it and, and, and would they like to be in it? It's more a case of, you know, when your shooting dates are going to be, you know, what you can afford as a rate. Um, you present everything kind of all in one hit to save the agent having to come back with a lot of questions as follow ups you know, but when are you shooting, where are you shooting and um, what's the budget that you have, you know, who else is involved. If you, if you present everything up front um, I think they're all, if you it shows that you kind of know all the questions that you're going to be asked and then already kind of shows that that you're operating on a level that um, you understand the way things work and you understand the information that the actor's information the actor will will want in order to try and you know make a decision as to whether or not they can be involved with your project you know it might not be anything to do with the script that, that they might say no it might be i i love this but when you plan on shooting i can't do and for whatever reason you have to shoot on those dates means you have to find another actor but um it would then be a waste of time to find someone who who is attached to it um not tell them when your shoot dates are locked for and then subsequently find out oh they're not free that weekend like oh Um, We've got to change things up. So, in a nutshell, my advice would be to just present as much information about the the project and and the ask um, as as you can when you make the initial approach.
0: Fantastic, thank you for for that. Uh, To be honest, I'm saying that's for people who are listing. That's for me because I want to use that as an opportunity to do (laughs) to do my own project. I want to get uh, a a list actor, and so I'll just basically say this is what we need. This is how 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 long how much the budget is. Exactly what I'm planning on shooting it. Mark told mm. me that you will say yes for it. So that's that's good. Let's, <laughs> let's go to Mark. Oh,
2: another bit I would add on top of that then is that um, this is a piece of advice that was was given to me by an, an actor called Bern Gorman, who's involved with Exit Six. And that was um, the, the the higher profile the act that you're going for, the less certainty they have over their calendar in the long term. So it's not always worth asking an actor, say you have your shoot dates, but they're a year from now. You know, they don't know a year from now what they're going to be doing what they can commit to so um, aiming slightly more short term is, is something to consider as well uh, anything with a huge lead time so much can happen and then you know they can't be involved or your project gets stalled or you know so don't aim for something that's going to be often too far in the future because it just makes it harder for them to say yes they'd like to be involved because they can't commit to it. That is perfect. That that fits right
0: into my wheelhouse, which is excellent. And nice tag there, as you mentioned, uh, Exit 6. We'll talk about that in just a second. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako, and I'm here talking with director, f- festival director. So film director, festival director, and uh, an executive on Genera Films, uh, Mark Brennan. Mark has just mentioned uh, Exit Six Film Festival. Please tell us what Exit Six film, Fe- film Festival is all about.
2: Exit Six is an annual short film festival that's um, hosted in my hometown of Basinstoke. It's been running now for six years. This year will be the sixth edition and um, we're very lucky that um, throughout that time we've been on Film Freeway's top 100 best reviewed film festival list. Um, that's out of Roughly ten thousand film festivals that they facilitate around the world. Which Absolutely, puts us
0: I I saw the... that, and I was I was I was like that. That's enormously impressive because we talk about. Uh, sorry, just to cut you off at that point, I'm 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 literally just. adding no, to What you were about to say, uh, it just with as you were just about to say, um, the number of film festivals across the world. Um, the, you know, film festivals pop up everywhere. Um, In in London alone, in London alone, there are easily over 150 different film festivals, both short and feature film uh, festivals. So for you to land in the top 100 by Film Freeway, which is where they just basically... Film Freeway, for those who don't know, is a website that uh, essentially it's your gateway to the film festival world. It's it's uh, however you wanna call it, it's your Facebook for film festivals. You go on there, you register, and you can search for film festivals to submit your films. And they have rated you as, or not you particularly, but Exit 6 as top 100. Um, when did that review come in? And
2: tell us what, is, what were your immediate feelings when you got that news? Oh well, it happened. I think after our first year of running, I mean, the, the way the that um, accolade is awarded is just through the reviews that are left you by the filmmakers that have come through the festival. So they will give a star rating, a little bit like TripAdvisor, I suppose. They will they will leave a, a rating, um, mark you out of five for certain categories, and, and from that it kind of decides whether or not w- where you would stand in the in the in the review listings. Um, I think the year we started was the first year Film Freeway offered that as a function. So um, we were very lucky to make it onto the onto the list that year because we started around the same time, but we've stayed there every year since. And um, all that fills all of us on the team with is just immense gratitude um, to the filmmakers that have thought to, to leave such kind reviews about us and just glad that they had such a good time being part of the festival that, that they would tell others that they did so um it makes us all immensely grateful and proud so does your film festival the
0: film as you mentioned it's an annual short film festival so it focuses mainly on short films do you do you have is that is that the category mainly for the films itself or do you look at do you have various categories for uh scripts and you know actors what are the categories that you have in exit six film festival
2: well, the only real um, category that we have is that the films will need to be 15 minutes or less in, in length. Um, with regards to the genres that we program, we program all of them, you know, horror, comedy, drama, um, you, you name it, we'll, 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 we'll take it. What, what we're looking for is um, the execution of a story and... and um, Production value behind it, the performances, the cinematography—you know, the whole bag, whole bag, everything you would look at in a film to decide whether or not um, you think it's something you really want to share—is what we look for. And genre doesn't really come into that. It's—it's um, it's more just a case of the, the filmmaking in itself. So we have a very varied program when when the pro, when the festival is on. In fact, one of the my favorite parts of the festival is is, is helping to curate. The screening blocks because we mix them all up. We don't have like a drama block and a comedy block and a horror block. You know they're very deliberately curated so that no two films are the same genre. If we can help it, sit side by side so that when you're a viewer in that block watching them, you're never kind of comparing the two because because they're the same genre. So you'll watch something that is funny one minute and it will lead into something that's maybe more dramatic to next, and then that goes into something scary, which goes into something sci-fi. You know depending on what the program is, and it's all tailored to not just by genre but those specific films themselves so we watch the films and decide okay which one of these two would um go well next to each other not just because one's comedy one isn't you know we watch what actually happens in these films and think as a viewing experience if I was to watch these films back to back it's like making a mixtape for somebody you know you're trying to put together the best sort of kind of flow over over a screening blocks period so um that's a very long rambling answer to your question um but we take any genre they all just have to be 15 minutes or less Trust
0: me, if you ever listen to this show, that's what we do. I especially ramble nonstop, even when I'm <laughs> asking questions. Uh, let me try and be concise with this one question. Uh, we've a number of different film festivals or award ceremonies that have happened over the last few years that have caused uh, or courted controversy. For example, the Oscars and BAFTAs and so on and so forth, where there are certain films that get nominated or get awarded, certain categories get awarded, et cetera, where as soon as the, the winner is announced, there's always going to be that controversy of, you know, the less deserving film won or the less deserving actor won and so on and so forth. How do you, as someone who runs a film festival, deal with those, those kind of issues with regards to actually selecting what you think is, what, what I guess you would wanna say is an objectively the, the obvious choice in a market that is clearly subjective. How do you approach that with your film festival?
2: Well, the the selection process at at Exit 6 is incredibly precise. So every single film that's submitted to us is watched by at least three panelists. Um, And then Film Freeway has a a facility where you will then rate the film you've watched in, I think, 10 different categories. Everything from directing, writing, performance, production value, cinematography, um, and, and a few more than that. Um, and our three panelists will judge the film as they see it out of those 10 categories which gives it an average score out of 10. Now what we do when we're having our our panelists catch-ups which happens usually three times throughout the submission period is all the films that score an average score of say seven or above are the ones that are in strong consideration for, for the program. Everything that is scored sort of a six or below or ones that probably aren't quite strong enough to, to, to be part of it but what we also have is um uh, a process by which if say the three scores of a film are wildly different like someone gave it a one someone gave it a six and someone gave it a ten which would give it an average score of a seven um i i think that's my terrible maths at work there if it has a while i'll just diff- i'll
0: accept I, i'm terrible maths <laughs> yeah, i'll yeah.
2: accept If we have a wildly differing score across the three, then the rest of the panel watches that film to see what happened there. Like, is it a a case that it's a misunderstood genius that it should be a 10, or is it the one that somebody judged, or is it somewhere in the middle? But every film that comes in is is viewed properly and thoroughly uh, and judged accordingly, not um, ever given to one person, because as you say, it's so subjective to be left to one person's opinion. So we, we spread it across three and then more, should should that opinion be quite um, divisive? And then once then it's the battle between the panelists. You know, once we've whittled down the the, the, the films we think should be in consideration for the program, then it's a a, a slanging match <laughs> between all of us to go right. We can only fit in this number of films. What are the ones we're gonna put in? And then that's that's a fun part as well, when the panelists argue for different films and fight the corners they want for the films that should be in there and argue why they should be in there. It's um it's a fun but tough part of the process, but it just goes to show, you know, how much passion and interest we have in all the films that come to us as festival director do you ever get tempted at any point to
0: say well this is the film i like so this one is definitely going in as opposed oh, to tempted
2: absolutely <laughs> absolutely tempted i would pull rank every chance i get if i could but i don't you know i i like everybody else i have films that i will fight for but um it's it's we, we have to agree as a, as a team you know going forward but i don't i can't think of a time where i've, I've ever had to getting a strop <laughs> I don't uh, want to put it in but um, i'm sure the rest of your panel will disagree with you but we'll, we'll, we'll i'm sure we'll they would yeah that you're yes. absolutely right they, they probably would but um but but no we try to keep it you know um as as even and democratic as as we can on something that is entirely subjective as you say yeah you're listening to shoot the breeze on resonance 104.4 fm i'm
0: marcus e akko and i'm speaking with uh with mark brennan who's a film director as well as the festival director for exit six film festival which is short film festival am i right um that the deadline for this year is the 9th of
2: june um that's for the regular submission period i think uh, the late submission period will be i think it's the 9th of july i think july is when we actually properly close submissions for this year's program um but 9th of june is when the regular period closes yes Fantastic. What we're going to do is we'll, and I'll I'll try to remember this.
0: This is why producer Dave needs to be on the show with me whenever I'm doing interviews, because he keeps track of all these things. I say random stuff and completely forget it the next time. So what I'm going to try and do is I'll have this interview play, not just next week or in, in, in the, this, the episode is playing, which is this show, which should be next week from when we're talking, but also closer to the 9th of July as well, in case any filmmakers are listening and, you know, just need that extra prompt if they miss the 9th of June submission, they can at least get the 9th of July. But then the festival runs
2: from the 24th of September to the 3rd of October. Is that correct? Yeah, which is an interesting thing for us because before we've always been a one-day festival on, on the last Saturday in September, but because of the pandemic last year, we were forced to make the move online and we extended our online festival across a week rather than just a day. And um, our plan this year is to make a hybrid where our online program for a week leads up to the big finish which will be the physical festival day um at several venues around the town of view cinema and the anvil as well um and going online was an incredibly interesting thing for us um it was nothing obviously any festival planned for last year but then when it when it came along um it was so much good came out of it for us going online um our, our festival after a film screens the filmmakers are invited up on stage immediately afterwards for a short Q&A about the making of that film um, which is great for the the visibility of the filmmakers who join us on the day but it meant those who didn't weren't able to join us didn't have that experience and as so many of the films that we program are from overseas there are a lot of filmmakers that we wouldn't hear from on the festival day but being online last year we um, conducted zoom q a's with all the filmmakers that wanted to have a QA with the film which we then um, edited and put on our festival portal for the festival users to, to watch at their leisure if they just watched the film and enjoyed it and they wanted to see the q a it was sat right there next to the film to watch and because it was a zoom q a and not live on the days it would be at the festival they often had way longer than five minutes they might have at the festival some of them are, you know 15 20 25 minutes long just great group chats about the making of each individual film so That meant we could include filmmakers from countries we never had been able to before and made the whole event feel a lot bigger. So going online wasn't planned for us, but so much good came from it. We're absolutely keeping those positives going forward. Absolutely, and with uh, with almost every aspect of life that
0: we've encountered since the lockdown, um, the world has become smaller because of Zoom and because of internet, uh, online presence, as you said, now with Clubhouse, where interaction with different people across the world at various times, people can stay longer. You don't have to worry about, you know, Taking the train to get to a location or, in, in, you know, as you mentioned, flying from one country to the next and dealing with those logistics. You can do it in your bedroom with your underwear, not particularly like that, uh, but just in that case. Uh, and it, it does allow more people the opportunity to be able to do that. So that's fantastic. And you just touched on, upon a point, which I want to kind of reiterate. How can people get to watch the films that are in Exit Six Film Festival?
2: Um, Well, when the festival is going on, we will have um, our own festival portal set up at exit6filmfestival.com where um, people can sign up and register and then view the screening blocks uh, um, as they would like to see them. Otherwise, it would be, um, should the hybrid model go ahead, um, coming down to Basingstoke on on the day of the festival and buying tickets uh, either on the day or, or in the week leading up to it and join us for a whole bunch of, Um, Not just film screenings, but, you know, networking sessions and industry workshops and Q&As all that will lead up to a a big party in the evening, which few people leave not blurry eyed by the end of which it's always a really good time. So um, if nothing else, it's worth coming down to basis just for the party at the end of the festival. It, Basingstoke is near me and it
0: kind of straddles my birthday. So I might be tempted to, to come and get drunk. Oh, the- be tempted. Come down for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's progress now from that to where you may no longer have a job with, which is Gen- uh, Genera <laughs> Films. Um, tell us, w- um, you have recently been uh, appointed uh, to be part of Genera Films, tell us what is Genera Films. What is their main USB or u-
2: unique selling point, and what is your role now with the with the team? Well, Genera Films has been running since two thousand and seventeen, and it's the world's largest company that for funding short films specifically. Um, up to now, it's supported, I believe, it's over forty short film projects with up to two hundred and fifty thousand pounds worth of, of funding and, and support across those 40 projects. And it has four funding rounds every year where um, short filmmakers can apply for up to £5,000 in funding for their projects, regardless of what stage that project is at. It could still be in development. It could be in production. It could need money for post. It could need money for the film festival submission run afterwards. Um, and that's it's been a platform that's grown from strength to strength since it was started by the CEO and founder, Christian Parton, who has brought me on board to help with an upcoming expansion that should be launching in, in the next month or so that we're all very excited about. So you've, you've, you've pointed out it particularly targets short
0: films and as such, people who are making short films can apply and get funding for it. Um, I was on the website recently, and if I, if, if, if my knowledge, if, if I remember correctly, you had about three different uh, windows to apply. Is that correct? Is that sort of the format where you apply within a specific window, and then your project gets evaluated and determined whether you get the funding? Is that correct?
2: Yeah, there are um, different funding rounds that run, I think, for three months at a time. Um, so they will happen four times a year the, the one that's open at the moment will close at the end of June so there's and then a new one will start immediately afterwards that will be then carry on for three months after that and then at the end of the three months the the projects that are selected for support will receive their funding and um, the, the best thing about I think general funding is that there's no strings attached to it there's no creative input required from, from Genera there are some funding bodies out there that once you've been awarded funds they, they have, want to have a say in the film you're going to make and how you're going to make it and that can sometimes alter um, change entirely in some cases the, the film that the filmmaker wanted to make in the first place um, rightly or wrongly um, but what's great about Genera is that the trust is put completely in the filmmaker you know they, they know the film they want to make they know the vision they have and Genera Films just wants to, to help them get there. So um, that's one of the things I love about being part of this company. That's uh, I mean, it's a great idea, as you've mentioned, and it, as
0: someone who has tried to, or has made films in the past, short films especially, um, and looking to move into the feature film uh, you know, seg- uh, sector, I know how difficult it is to try and raise funds in order to make films, especially when you're starting out. So any avenues like genera films who are willing to put that off, you know, available, make available for people people to do that is fantastic. Um, With regards to the idea of short films, and this is coming off of a conversation that we had with uh, Jed Shepard, who is the writer and executive producer of Host, which is on Shudder. Now his film on Shudder uh, is about 55 minutes long. Um, and so that sparked the conversation about how long is a short film? How long is, how short is a feature film? So what criteria does Genera films have for what is considered
2: as a short film? Do you know what, well, that is an excellent question. I've never looked up to see if there is an actual duration limit on the short film that that Genera would support. Um, I think maybe the reason is, is because lately, short films that get made so few of them are anything over 20 25 minutes long for for festival consideration um host in in my mind is definitely a feature film i I think um the the official according to i think it's the academy a, a feature film is anything that's over 45 minutes long my memory might be failing me there but i think that was used to be the official kind of what's a short and what's a feature and it was 45 minutes and over was a feature but festivals across the circuit these days tend to program anything um, 20 minutes and under, you know, I, I very rarely see short films made these days that are 25 minutes and over. Um, that's not to say they're not being done um, by, by any stretch, but um, because festivals by nature tend to program things that are 25 minutes and under, more so 15 minutes and under most short films now that are getting made tend to aim for that length otherwise they're making it very difficult for themselves to be programmed and they're and they're very much reducing the number of festivals they could be selected for so and that's great so the fact that you've actually you've identified if if
0: i understood you correctly you're identifying anything that is under 25 minutes as a project that you could uh, you know so if anybody out there right now has a a, a short film that they're working on and they see it, maybe it might hit about 30 to 35 minutes, and they're looking for some funding and want to approach Genera Films, would you suggest that they may restructure their film to be under that 25 minute mark in order to be able to uh, appeal to to
2: the funding body? Um, Potentially, but I think more so for, for festival consideration if that's something that they would like you know the the number of film festivals that would take a film that's 30 35 minutes long as is is not many and and for that reason you'd automatically be kind of hamstringing yourself in, in, in the visibility that film might get on the film festival circuit so um already my suggestion would be even before considering where to fund the film was does it need to be 30 35 minutes long if so what's your plan for it if it's a festival run um i would think very carefully about about the the length of it purely for that reason, just because you're making it very hard for yourself or harder than it needs to be for that film to be programmed. With regards to to general, I don't think that would make that would make a difference. But um like I say, before even getting to that point, if the point of making the film is to put it at festivals to show what you can do, you'd be making life much harder for yourself by making a film that long. That that's that's great. And I pretty much figured the same thing as well. And just to
0: ask this question for a friend, um just if the, if the person had a Feature film, and that they were seeking funding, could they still apply to general films,
2: or is it strictly just for short films? Um, it is strictly just for short films. There have been some applications that that, that come in um, for for features, um, but we have to kind of stipulate. You know, it's someone who has a, would have a budget for a feature film that say it's going to cost a million, but it would be great if we could start with five thousand pounds from you it doesn't really you've got to start somewhere really do well so well exactly yeah but uh, but but no short films is, is absolutely what general films is aiming for that's good. I'll tell my friend that, uh, that they should go someplace else rather
0: than General Films, so it's, <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's producer Dave. I'll tell producer Dave it's fine. Uh, <laughs> excellent. Uh, you're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako, and I've just been speaking with uh, film director as well as festival director of uh, Exit 6 Fil- uh, Film Festival and a uh, new employee, new uh, operative executive. What is your role on Genera Films?
2: Uh, I'm operations manager
0: operations manager that's it yeah. um I don't know why I keep going executive operations manager but it's operations manager of general films uh, that they help with funding short films so if you have a short film please contact, don't contact Mark Brennan directly, but go on to General Films and find out uh, you know, how you can apply for that funding. As well as if you have a short film that's, already, that's ready, that needs to go into a film festival, Exit 6 is a great way to get contact. So Mark, I want to ask you, what are the social media links and the URLs that people can follow to either follow you, to follow Exit 6 films,
2: or to follow General Films? Uh, well, to follow me, it's Mr. Mark Brennan on Twitter um and i think it's mr m brennan on instagram i've not been very consistent there for exit six i think it's just exit six film fest across all platforms and for genera films i think it is just genera films at genera films is the um is the handle across all our platforms don't don't worry about
0: being inconsistent when it comes to social media handling. That's what we are within uh, Shoot the Breeze. On Twitter, it's at STB underscore Resonance FM. On Instagram, it's uh, Shoot the Breeze show. And on Facebook, it's Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. So uh, we got scolded by uh, social media guru, uh, Elise Quevedo, who basically said, what are you thinking? Just be, you, you have the same name for every single thing. I'm like I don't know, didn't know how. That's how that's how we go where we are.
2: So it's yeah, no, I get it.
0: Yeah, it's working for us, so it's fine. Um, so just one last question, I want to cap uh, before we cap off uh, if, uh, our conversation. Um, you've already told us about uh, Squall, which is a short film that you've done, which is now uh, on the festival circuit. What films are you planning on working on? What's your next project? Um, for you as a film director.
2: For me as a film director the the answer is I I don't have one currently because I've been so busy with other other work that I haven't been able to to sit down and write anything which which breaks my heart obviously because writing is what I love doing um and seeing squall on the circuit and getting the lovely response that it has and remembering making it means I'm desperate to go back to to making something else but I haven't got that something else just yet at the moment my focus is is getting um exit 6 up and running for this year and the work for Genera that I'll be doing when the new expansion launches um hopefully next month
0: that's fantastic and yeah, uh,
2: we can I you can easily fall into that
0: cyclical uh, workload where as soon as Exit 6 finishes, and then you get the gener- Genera film stuff up and running, and it's now time for you to start working on your own project. It's now time for Exit 6 to come again, and so on and so forth. So Yeah, that
2: really does happen. I mean, I made a short film called T for 2 that I shot in November 2014, and that went on a festival circuit the following year, um, including a festival up in York called Aesthetica, which was great to be part of. And, and that was kind of what sparked... The the, the the desire to start our own festival here in Basingstoke. And then since that film, I hadn't made another one until Squall. You know, a few others had, had projects had, had come and gone and fallen by the wayside, but mostly it was working on the things beside filmmaking that meant it took another four or five years before I shot another short film. And I don't want that to happen again. So um, I don't count last year because of COVID. So I'm, I'm now um, one year since making the last one. So I need to make another one soon, I hope. No one's counting
0: last year. 2020 just didn't exist. It's just, it's, no, it a, it's a gap in everyone's CV, as in just leave it, an asterisk, as they call it. Just put an asterisk next to 2020 and everybody understands. Do you have plans to move from shorts and uh, into doing feature films?
2: Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think there's another short I'd like to make first, perhaps in something in a slightly different genre to what I've done before. But then after that, for, for definite feature films is where I'd be looking to... To try and make a
0: step up. Excellent. Mark Brennan, thank you very much for joining us on Shoot the Breeze. Um, I, ho- I hope, you know, whenever you have any other projects that you're talking about and when you want to talk more about Genera uh, Films' new initiative, please feel free to come back on the show and talk to us about it.
1: Well, Dave, thank you for having me.
0: You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako.
1: I'm producer Dave.
0: And that was uh, myself speaking with uh, Mark Brennan, who is a director and a film festival director, as well as a new employee. Hopefully, after this episode, he doesn't get fired, as I joked on the show, Um, from Genera Films. So again, just to recap, if anybody is making a short film and you want to get funded, go check out Genera Films because they're doing great work uh, helping to fund short films uh, to help people develop their talent as a storyteller, as a film creator. Go and do it. Give them some money. Say sh- shout out from Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. Uh, and thank you all very much for staying tuned, to, uh, you know, staying tuned, downloading our podcast, which comes out every Monday, uh, listening to us on Resonance FM. I want to thank Resonance FM as well for giving us the opportunity to, to spend an hour and rant and rave and chat about various films. But anyway, I,
1: I just want, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to us. Uh, I am Marcus Paco. I'm still a producer today. Thank you very much for listening. Speak to you all next week. Goodbye. Bye.